Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My name is Brenton Ford, and if this is your first time listening, the Effortless Swimming Podcast is all about helping you become a better swimmer. If you're an open water swimmer, a triathlete, or a pool swimmer, this podcast is perfect for you as we feature a range of guests from professional triathletes to Olympic swimmers to experts in different fields uh, such as mindset, leadership, and strength and nutrition. And today's episode is a little different than the last few that we've done, which have been a lot on swimming technique and workouts and fitness. Today's guest is James O'Connor, who is from Elite Team Leadership. And James has been a has competed at a national level in two sports from running to uh, equestrian. And he is now a team success and leadership coach. And he works with a wide range of different sports and athletes to help them improve their results in, in their chosen field. And today's podcast I really enjoyed doing because we talk about some stuff that we don't normally talk about on, on the podcast. So uh, we go into depth about how to uh, build the, the right culture and the right sort of environment within your team, or if you're training on your own, how you can really drill down deep into what's motivating you and what's driving you, and how you can use that to get better results in your swing. So here we are, let's go to the conversation between myself and James. And James is first starting off with how he got started becoming a team success and leadership coach. Yeah, well, obviously, I um, through university, I studied commerce and majored in management and sport management at uh, Deakin University there a few or a number of years back, seven or eight years back I got through starting that and um, and I sort of got into working in the sporting industry and events and so forth and I sort of realised I wanted to be at the more the high performance end um, and working with um, people uh, to improve their performance rather than so much admin and management. Um, so I ended up taking a course um, and coaching and, and doing an NLP, um, Neuro Linguistic Programming course, and, and really sort of uh, focusing uh, my energies into learning what the best in the world do, um, you know, from the best individuals to how they think, and, and really um, with myself learn how to get the best out of others through asking the right questions and through different mindset techniques, through what we learn through the courses and, and just the huge volume of um, materials that I'm consuming on a daily basis through, you know, books to audiobooks to podcasts to going, I regularly go to different other people's seminars and events as they come through um, city here in Melbourne and travel outside of that as well. So, and obviously, you know, the people I'm meeting as well. So it's all um, came to, yeah, sort of building myself up in those sort of areas and coaching ability. Uh, and then over the last sort of few years is really applying that to um, different athletes and teams um, and, and, and creating better performance through that, uh, which is all my business now called Elite Team Leadership. It um, really focuses on helping teams develop um, sort of the behaviours and the actions that create the results that they're really after um, and doing that on, on a consistent basis. And that's sort of what I'm focusing on and also obviously work with individual athletes as well um, and then, yeah, businesses, business teams as well. So that's sort of the focus. So what, what do you think separates uh, a club or, or a team who, who might go through this kind of stuff with you, like the, the leadership and the team success 
um, strategy. What what separates uh, teams who would go through that compared to those who may not have much of a focus on you know, on working together as a team and um, you know, and having the leadership drive the, the team in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. So sort of what we do through the model we use is really, it's sort of almost like a bit of a hierarchy. And I like to think at the top of the list is the sort of team's uh, vision um, for what they really want to be. Um, and then sort of second on the list is really having the values and the identity of the team. And the third on the list is actually goals. And I'll come back to that. But on the fourth thing is the sort of the behaviours and the actions that bring all that to life. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people in, who haven't, you know, aren't a coach or haven't really looked into this sort of area really would think goals is the highest on the list and that's the main thing you've got to set. And, and I think we have this absolute obsession um, with goals. And um, it, if you sort of look at what I just discussed then, it's sort of down the list a little bit. Um, and I'll sort of explain that by... If you look at the real high performance, like the guys who just, you sort of look at them, how did this guy, like a, say Roger Federer or a um, LeBron James, or those real, the best in the world, and each year and year out, year in, year out, they're just at the best and getting better in some most of the time. And, and you think, how do they do that and sustain that performance? Like they've achieved the goals. Like Federer basically won 17 um, slams, and I think uh, obviously LeBron James has got his NBA championships now, and you sort of think, well, you think those guys would have tapered off a bit and backed off to achieve what they want, but because most people look at that and think winning an NBA championship would be the goal, the, the be-all and end-all, but I'm sure LeBron in his head in some sort of way, he'll have a vision for what he wants to become, and it's probably most likely a simple little saying, it's probably the best player ever, and that's probably what he, his vision is, is to become the best player ever, and through that, with that being his vision, he'll have his values and identity backing that up, and and below that will be the goals, and part of the goals will be to win a you know a few NBA championships. So, what I mean by that is he's sustaining his performance at a high level, um, and same goes for other teams, is by having a vision that's bigger than just a goal. Um, I'll give you an example actually. Now this is actually really relevant for you guys. One of my uh, friends um, was also a coach, and he actually coached a high level swimmer. Um, as well, he didn't mention the name, so he wanted to keep it to himself. But he said he'd been to a world championship, one of the best in the world, and he came back and he got in a bit of a slump because he did really well and achieved his goal at the world championship. Not sure exactly what it was, but he did really well and he's in a bit of a slump. And he came back to my my mate and said, um, "I really need help. I really need to set another goal um, so I can go forward and and chase that down." And the, my, my mate and my coach said to him, he said, uh, "Why would you want to do that?" Because if you set another goal and just do the exact same process, you're going to be in the exact same uh, position again you are now in a real slump after you achieve it. So um, what they did, they really workshopped it and worked it over exactly what I'm sort of talking about in terms of getting a vision for yourself and workshopped it to the point where they came up for him. I think it was um, making him leave the sport as an icon. So with that sort of vision for that swim at the time, now I don't know who actually it was. I'd love to know actually now who it was, but... Um, that's sort of what they workshop and came to the point where I want you to leave swimming an icon of the sport. And when you think about that now, Bretton, you think about yourself, you think, wow, that sort of just, you know, Olympic World Championships, Com Games, all that sort of stuff is just a part of the process. And, mm. and you can sort of get an idea of um, how the swimmers like, you know, the champion guys we have today, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, you know, Hackett and 
Clem and Thorpe and all those sorts of guys and Little Jones and whoever, um, I'm sure they'd have a similar sort of outcome. And if they had the gold medal as a deal and end all, they wouldn't be able to keep repeating their high performance on such a consistent level. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at someone like Michael Phelps, who uh, most successful Olympian of all time, and he retired and now he's come back and he's working towards Rio. You've, I mean, he's he's got to have a, a vision like that. I mean, he's already an icon of the sport. So, you know, it's, it's there's obviously something bigger than that driving him. But uh, you can't just, um, you know, if, if your goal is to win an Olympic gold medal and you, and you achieve it, yeah, as you're saying, it's uh, you know, what's next after that? Then you then you're sort of done. So um, you've got to have that that wider vision really driving you. And I mean, I kind of I kind of use this every every morning. You know, when I um, when I get up or when I sort of start work, I I've kind of got these things mapped out as well. Is you know, what's my sort of what's my bigger vision for what I want to do. Um, with you know, with my life, and then um, what what are some of the things that I, I identify myself as, and and what are the things that I I do and I and I don't do? So what are some things that um, you know? What are the sort of boundaries that I that I set myself, and then I kind of have these three month or, or six month goals that I have kind of set out and look to achieve. So I think just kind of breaking them down into that that hierarchy of of, of achievement or success just makes it so much more. Uh, tangible and easier to um, to to see what's really driving you. And I know that if I if I haven't sort of looked at those for a week, I find that my motivation is down and I haven't quite got the direction or the drive with with the work that I'm doing. So just referring to that as as regularly as possible has been really helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, um, I sort of with the guys I work with, with a lot too. We we do a lot of that as well, and even some silly simple things of um, writing affirmations and sort of put them on the back of your door and and reading them um, before you go to bed and when you wake up first thing and the sort of things you sort of want to become. Mm. Um, so you know, you, it might be there's very simple stuff, just like um, I'm going to be, I am a really great freestyler, or I am a, a really loving person, or whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to really become, you sort of say it, but. Getting down to your identity and values, myself now sort of gone to the point where I just have a few words, um, and each day if I just live out those words, then that, that sort of as, as the hierarchy goes, sort of goes vision, then your identity, which is these words, then your goals. Um, that everything sort of takes care of itself. So I have, I have things like empowering, courageous, um, kazen, which is a Japanese word for um, um, constant, never-ending improvement, a few other things, and you just live those words. Um, your goals and, and your vision and everything sort of just you know comes to life I guess in a way too if you just simply do that so how would uh, how would you recommend someone uh, approach ro- putting these things together for themselves so they might be a uh, an age group triathlete who uh, maybe been doing the sport a couple of years or an open water swimmer who's been doing the sport a few years and you know, and wants to wants to get better loves swimming and you know wants to grow as a swimmer how would you recommend that the average person go about putting this together and sort of find uh, discovering what their vision is. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a little bit of a process through um, through doing it. Sort of need to workshop it a bit, but to sort of really uh, put it into a few sentences for you. Basically, you sort of you can ask yourself a simple question: Is if people you can start to you know where you are now and sort of discovering your reality where you are now, and you ask yourself a simple question: If your peer group or people outside had to describe you and had to use words to describe you as a swimmer, 
um, what words would they use? And you sort of write those down. And then you can write down words for yourself. How would you describe yourself right now? Uh, what words would you use to describe yourself in your swimming right now? And you, and you get those words down, you sort of get an idea of your reality. Now, this is a bit more workshop to this, but give you an idea. Then you sort of look to where you want to go. So it's all almost like setting the bridge to where you want to head to. So then you ask the questions, how would you like to be perceived? Like, how would you like people to um, perceive you as a swimmer? And you might come up with words, you know, courageous, determined, persistent, uh, professional, um, you know, really technically sound or whatever, those sorts of things. And you might write those lists down and then you write a list of, you know, your own things down as well. Um, and that's the sort of the beginning of it. And then you can, once you sort of come up with maybe half a dozen or even just three words that you really want to live by and live and breathe day in, day out, and you think are going to be the values that, you know, really um, what you want to become, you can sort of, you know, again, pop them on your back of your bedroom door and just sort of each night, you know, really envision yourself um, doing those words and be, being those things each day. And, um, in your swimming and then the same thing in the morning, really sit yourself up, have, you know, spending a couple of minutes or 30 seconds even just going over those words in your mind and just, and just being that. Um, but that sort of then follows down to, you sort of do that same process again um, with your behaviours and actions. And that's the sort of the fourth thing down the bottom I look at really, you know, what behaviours and actions are you doing now? Um, and then, what do you need them to be? What actions do you need to take every day and every session and every, how do you need to behave and how do you need to act and, and, and model off to create the outcome or the vision that you want? And that's sort of in line. And the key things to getting your vision, your identity, your uh, goals and your behaviours and actions on a daily basis all in a line. Um, so if you want to be an Olympic champion, you've got to be, like you said, doing your eight to ten sessions or whatever it is uh, per week and doing all the extras and whatever else it needs to be. Um, it's really about making sure everything's in alignment. But if you're just wanting to, um, you know, swim a local, you know, open water swimming race, there might be just, you know, you're obviously going to have different actions that need to back up those goals, back up that vision for yourself. And um, and that's sort of the key thing is making sure it's in alignment. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like what you said at the start of that was uh, – having a bunch of peers or, or your coach or um, people who are, who are close to you to give you an honest evaluation of how they see you as, as an athlete uh, and yep. like, you know, how much effort you, they see you putting in in training and, and doing the right things and eating right and all that sort of stuff because there's usually always going to be a disconnect there between what you think you're doing and how other people see you. And yep. Yeah, and as, as, as hard as it might be to take sometimes, uh, that can really be the wake-up call that you might need to go, hang on a minute, maybe I'm, uh, I'm not giving everything I can and maybe I'm, I'm not uh, doing, you know, doing some of the things that I, I should be doing. So that, um, that, yeah, that honest evaluation can be, can be hard to, to sort of stomach, I, I think. But, um, yeah, have, actually knowing, actually sort of seeing it from, from an outside view um, can make a, a huge difference. And, I mean, we get this with um, – we sort of see this when we're coaching is that, you know, if, if I could just kind of uh, project the image that I see when I'm standing on deck coaching someone and we might be going through some technique work, if I could just kind of project what I'm seeing them do and how I can see see them fixing that, that's, that's really half the battle is just kind of showing them, you know, where they are with their stroke and what the changes they need to make um, – 
you know that if they if they understand that that's when they really start to to improve so i think um that's such an important thing in in any sort of aspect of of what you're doing and something you want to get better at yeah absolutely sort of really yeah the first sort of point of call was really discovering your reality and really um knowing knowing where that is and definitely getting that feedback and i guess that's sort of where people like myself sort of come in um as sort of facilitating that process because I guess getting that honest feedback, like you said, from your peers at times, especially when we're working with teams um, and getting that sort of team and, and peer review of your um, what, what you're doing and how you're going about things and, and where your performance is at, um, it is a, a sort of like a it's like going to the gym and doing weights for the first time. Like you, your muscles aren't used to it. You, your, your, your mind's not used to getting that sort of honest feedback. And it might be at first a little bit confronting, but I guess you've got to set... Um, a guy like myself's role is really to have an environment in that space that it's really objective. It's really just, it's not definitely not personal, anything like that. It's just purely for performance, purely to help the individual and the team overall, obviously to take it to the next level. And, and that's why all there, that's why you know, your swimmers are you know, working as hard as they are. And that's why, you know, your football club's doing what you're doing or our corporate team, you know, working hard in day in, day out. It's all about performance and, and getting better. So, Getting that honest feedback is yeah, it's a bit like using a muscle for the first time if you haven't done it, and um, you walk away, you might feel a bit sore for the next couple of days and think, oh, that was pretty challenging. But when you do it more often, week in, week out, and it becomes a part of your culture and a part of just a regular thing that you're happy to have honest conversations with um, your peer group about the performance, and obviously you as a coach with your guys, you know, once they expect that and becomes sort of um, a regular thing, it's definitely you know a more um, just a normal process, I guess, in inverted commas, um, and and just a process that everyone knows is aimed at you know getting the best out of everyone. Yeah, and I mean, sort of in in your um, where you sort of work is you know with AFL. You mean I mean you see, I think probably AFL teams and and those sorts of sports teams like NFL as well is they are just so good at uh, at analysis and and feedback. Like you know they'll they'll look at each game and look where they went went well and went wrong um and just that really sort of high level sport uh, you see it a lot i mean when i was in uh, i was in tanyapura over in thailand uh, last year running the our, our hell week camp there and the great uh was it the great british uh, swim team were there and they you know i saw the coaches sit down with the athletes and just kind of go over their last couple of weeks of training how they're feeling you know where where they feel that they can improve and uh, and how the coaches saw them you know where they're at at the moment so um yeah that that regular feedback of um of where you're at is uh yeah is really really valuable and, and when it comes to coaching what what do you see some of the the traits of good coaches i mean there's so many different coaching styles uh, you know you look at you look at afl here and you've got like the um you've got the alistair clarkson who just coached hawthorne to their third premiership in in a row and then you've got uh Guys like the old Carlton coach, you know, Mick. He's uh, quite a different coaching style, and you know, you can kind of see the differences in the in the te- in the teams there, and how they sort of um, how they feel out on on field. And the, some, you know, with Carlton, afraid to sort of speak their mind, and um, afraid they're going to get uh, chastised for doing something wrong. It's, you know, how do you what do you see among uh, among good coaches as, as being the common traits? Yeah, for sure. Like you said, there's such variation, I guess, um, 
between guys, you know, you look take AFL, for example, and you look at the different um, ways people go about it, from like an Al Clarkson to a Mick Moldhouse. And, but there definitely uh, would be similarities between the two. And obviously, you know, for starters, the communication um, between coach and players and the ability to understand that different individuals have different aspirations, have their own individual goals. And I was actually listening to a press conference this week of John Warsfold, who took over Essendon as uh, head coach. And he, I, I thought it was very good of him to talk about how he wants to sit down with each player and really talk about their own individual goals and then realising that he wants to help them achieve their own individual goals, whatever that is. Um, and also, if, they, if, he, if he can sort of help them with that, they can help him with winning the overall team goal, winning a premiership. And I thought that was cool that to realise that there are individuals a part of a team, but and like individuals make up a team. And therefore, you got to get each individual performing at the best. And different things are going to motivate different people. Um, you look at Hawthorne. I can tell you now, you couldn't talk to a Brian Lake the same way you could talk to a Cyril Rioli. You'd just be, I, I'm, you can just gather from interviews that they're just different personalities and you'd have to approach them very differently and different things would motivate them. Mm. Um, but from a, from a coaching standpoint, it definitely, um, yeah, obviously being able to communicate really well, realising that, you know, it, it, it's really about empowering the players. So they're the ones doing um, the actual work and really giving them the skills, um, the knowledge and confidence um, to perform in the state, uh, the peak state. And just on that is really, again, um, realising that people reach their own sort of peak state different ways so with the team you've got to make sure that you're sort of uh, creating an environment that different individuals a part of the team are going to be at their peak level uh, therefore performing um, how you want them as a team to achieve your outcome achieve your vision achieve your goals um, on a, a regular basis more often than not yeah yeah absolutely and I see that every day just with uh, you know with my swim squad that I coach, you know, some swimmers, you can, you can challenge them to, let's say we're doing a set of like eight fifties or something and you're on the last one and, um, you want them to pull out a really good time with some swimmers, you say, all right, what, what time are you going for? And they might say 28 and you say, you got, you know, I, I bet you can't do a 27, you know, and, and that's going to fire them up. Whereas some swimmers, you know, some swimmers I know I've got to, uh, just not really challenge them that way. They're just going to challenge themselves as, as long as they're not put in the spotlight, for example, is, is a couple of the swimmers. So um, yeah. just, yeah, different little strategies that you, that you learn along the way just based on people's personality types and, and what really drives them. So, um, they're, yeah, they're really things that um, I think take time to, to pick up. And, I mean, you yeah. know, with, with what you're talking about there, you just said based on the interviews that you see with, uh, like, Brian Lake and Cyril Rioli, that you can kind of tell what you know what's going to going to motivate them and um yeah how do you how do you sort of find that so what are, what are some of the sort of different types of um i guess uh, motivation strategies that, that you might have with with different athletes um kind of like you're talking about with brian lake and, and sir rioli there what do you well, see driving people yeah for sure well obviously um when you sort of sit down with different team members and obviously i do the part of different squads i work with you sort of you really, obviously, first thing you're looking to do as, as a coach from my end is really um, obviously building that rapport with the individual. So that sort of starts really straight away with um, matching and mirroring in a way and, and talking and speaking in a language that they understand. So you sort of 
you know, if they're talking a certain way or tonality, you sort of really want to match that in a way. And, and, and why you want to build rapport is that, you know, you sort of, cut a long story short, you sort of, people hang out with people that, who are like them. So you sort of see friendship groups and you notice everyone sort of is a similar uh, people within that group because people like to hang out with people who are similar. Um, and therefore, as a coach, you sort of to relate to these people, you sort of want to be able to talk in their language. So if they're using certain words and certain um, tonalities, you definitely want to mimic and mirror and, and the way they're sitting in the seat, you know, some guys might be crouched right down, squashed down the seat, and you sort of want to do the same sort of to match and mirror, and obviously not too obvious. But um, what I'm sort of saying here is getting into that rapport and, and building that relationship. And from that, um, it's really asking the questions, really sort of talking to them what, you know, definitely rather than just sort of guess, you ask and ask what, um, you know, what are the things you're hoping to get out of this um, in your past best performances what were you thinking about? What were you saying to yourself? Um, what did you do in the lead up? And you know, and using such things as sort of replicating and modelling um, off you've done in the past and getting those performances. Um, so you sort of you're doing those types of things and looking at each individual and um, and really sort of I guess asking those questions is probably the key thing and not, and and not just guessing. It's a bit like you, you know in your business you sort of. You, you test and you ask, and you, you know, online marketing, you test splitting, and all these sorts of things. Um, rather than just guessing and thinking what you know, what people want, you sort of got to ask the question that's sort of similar with the team and getting the best out of individuals is uh, asking what's motivating them, and then sort of incorporating that into a team environment that you know you can work together and help them you know, solve those problems and get them to where they need to go. Yeah, yeah, t- totally agree. And one thing you said there was just uh, was just asking asking good questions. And I think one a big part to to uh, improving is just asking better questions. And uh, you know that's when you really get to to drill down to to what what people want and you know and, and what's driving them and, and and what their goals are and what they want to aspire to. So uh, yeah, just just asking questions. And that's one thing I, I love to do with with my guys when they come in, in the morning. It's um, you know, say hi. You know, how are you feeling? How are you going? You know, what have you been up to? And and just getting to to know your athletes if you're a coach or you know if you're if you're an athlete, just getting to know your your fellow athletes and um, and just kind of building the relationship that way. So you can uh, you can never ask too many too many questions. So I think that's uh, that's really important. Then just uh, just uh, lastly here, what how do you see athletes being able to kind of take leadership within a, a squad to help build that squad up? Because I know I've got a lot of listeners who who train with a, either a triathlon squad or a swim squad or or a bunch of mates, and you know they might want to really um, really just kind of lead that squad and build it up so that the whole squad's performing at a higher level so that they can lift their own performance. What are some sort of strategies or, or methods that um, that you have, the the clubs and, and athletes that you work with, um, what sort of stuff do you have them doing? Yeah, definitely. It sort of goes back to the sort of first sort of module I was talking about um, in producing high-performing teams and, and sometimes working with corporate and that, you know, you can do this over a full day with like a corporate team. But it goes back to with your swimming team or group, it really comes back to, in a simple way, is sort of identifying, you know, what this team is about, again, with again with those few words, and your team can own this, and it's really about empowering the team to own the values that they're going to live by, to own the vision of that team, um, to have goals, a part of that, of your group, 
So your group has goals. And then from that, the key thing probably really is that breathes life in the whole machine. It makes it all come to life and, and, uh, and become tangible is really the actions and behaviours that your team, that each individual swimmer is going to live and breathe by. And, and they're just non-negotiable. They're just things that you do day in, day out. And these actions are really thought out carefully that they're in alignment with your overall goals, with your overall vision for that particular team. Um, and brings that brings those goals and vision to life through these actions. So therefore, every team member takes leadership and, and empowers each person to really live by those. And if they just do those five to ten non-negotiable activities day in day out, whether it be you know rocking up to train ten minutes early to stretch, or um, it might be something simple as you know doing an extra push-up or a rep every time, whatever you know, you can decide what you need to do. Um, it's a matter of living by those. And, and then from that, back to earlier, we were talking about the feedback. Then within the team, you can have feedback sessions maybe once every month or so and go and look at each individual, how they're living by those, those behaviours and actions and giving that you know, honest and objective feedback. And then the individual can go, oh, there's a few different behaviours that I probably wasn't doing 100% or doing really well. I need to work on getting those right. And therefore, the team overall performance will uh, improve and I guess the individuals within that become better leaders by uh, you know really sort of almost challenging but having that honest feedback as well for members within their group and you know taking um, no, no matter with your most experienced person on the team or the youngest you still you know get your feedback take it on board and everyone's you know opinion within that team is very highly valued and and you welcome um, the opportunity to get that feedback and take your performance to a new level and therefore the team to a new level. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good. And I think one of the – an example of that is – I've seen it within, within swimming clubs is you have some squ- swim clubs who uh, among the athletes there, it's – yeah, it might be – it can be uh, like uncool to turn up early or um, you know, it's not cool to, uh, to do your – to do your sort of activation exercises before training and um yeah the, the the cool thing to do is just to you know be on your phone listen to music and just like hang by the side of the pool when you're warming up for a competition and then you see other clubs the really successful clubs who you know that the other swimmers are putting pressure on on the swimmers who who aren't turning up on time and who are slacking off and you know and trying to do these sort of cool things and hang out by the pool. So um, I think when you can have that shift of having um, the the status quo as being just you know lazy and and trying to impress uh, those around you by um, by acting like you don't care to going to that kind of environment where everyone's a high performer. Right, we're going to get the most out of each other. We're going to perform well. We're going to do the right things. When you can transition to that kind of culture and environment that's when these big shifts really start to happen with within a club and uh, and that sort of stuff takes time and you've really got to stay on on top of of that as a coach and, and even as like as a leadership group um, but yeah that's when you really start to uh, to see that improvement improvement in um uh, throughout the whole club yeah for sure and i guess um from an individual standpoint like you definitely um, can drive that and, and going against, this, like you said, the status quo. And, and if other team members, if they're not doing um, the actions that are going to perform, you know, help them perform well, that doesn't mean you just fall into that. And definitely, if you're on the right side of 
the actions and the right side of the behaviours and doing the proper things, you know, keep doing that. And just I just flash back to myself, like as a junior, I didn't set the world on fire, but I sort of competed national level in in distance running. And I remember the junior sort of yeah, copying a bit of flack from your mates in your high school because I'd wear the right proper running gear. You know, you're running shorts and those sorts of things, and, and you cop a bit of flack. But I knew. Performing a lot better, obviously, than those my high school mates was, you know, on the state team and so forth. But I think it, you stick, you know, I knew I was doing the right things at the time to perform well, and and for the school athletic team and you know competitions and that I was performing a lot better than those other guys. So, if you're swimmers listening, if you're doing the right things, keep doing it. Don't follow um, what the people who you know sitting by said, like by the pool and and flicking through their Facebook. It's um, not as productive <laughs> as yourself. So definitely, that's where a leader sort of comes out. And, and having the courage to continue and just stick to your path and um, and and keep wearing those short shorts. <laughs> that that's so funny. I had exactly the same thing in school with swimming. That the very uncool thing to do at swimming school sports day was to wear your speedos. So uh, you know you you'd get kids who were really good swimmers, but they give into that pressure and they'd wear you know they'd wear like. Uh, speedos but they'd have shorts over the top like some boardies or yep. just some, some yep. swim shorts over the top and um, yeah and I mean there's a lot of pressure in, in high school with that sort of stuff you know that it's a, when you're in high school that, that stuff actually matters but you know as you get older you realise you, you don't care what other people think and you don't really care what you are what you, yeah. you look like or you're doing things like that so it's um, yeah we had exactly the same thing but looking back at that the swimmers that used to you know, tease the swimmers about wearing speedos. If you look at them now, most of them are, you know, they're overweight or they're not really doing that much with their life. But you know, if you can just um, just stay true to um, stay true to yourself and you know don't care about what they're saying, that's um, you know they're the they're the type of people who who really go on to achieve things later on in life. Yeah, for sure. And just on that, there's obviously there's not. You know, not everyone's going to be um, you know, teasing you in a way for what you're wearing or what you're trying to achieve. And, and the, really, the real importance of, um, you know, listen, listening, real importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and people who are encouraging you, people who you're looking up to, who you want to emulate and, and really hang around those people and making it an absolute must that you hang around uh, with the right people. I guess if you look from a business standpoint, the old saying is your income is the average of the five closest people you hang around with um so i think you can definitely apply that to an athlete's life you really want to hang around with people who you want to be like and 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 swim like in in their case so yeah definitely uh, make sure you know you're not getting um discouraged by people who are you know uh not saying positive things towards you and definitely hanging around with the right people yeah couldn't agree more that's uh, that's awesome. Thanks for being on the podcast. And um, just before we go, where can people find out more about you? And also, where can people find your podcast? Yeah, definitely. We'll jump on the podcast, um, which you're featuring on, which I'm excited to release uh, probably about this time when this one comes out. But um, Jock X Podcast. So you can just jump on iTunes and uh, download that. Or you can go probably just go through my social media pages, Um at uh, Elite Team Leadership. My business is called Elite Team Leadership and um, same as uh, Instagram, Facebook, jump on there and you'll find the podcast and, and the crew that follow me and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.